I want to thank Toby and Avrami again for, for opening a beautiful home for us and, and, and to have all of us to give them a brach again to have simcha nachis and brach in each and every room and, and with all of our families to return to Yushalayim on page Lamed Aleph we're talking about the nature of the hiskashus, the dveikis the attachment between that each and every one of us is capable of, not only are we capable of, but it's the tachlis of our lives, kirvis alakim litayv, that we've been learning about from the beginning of the Sefer, and the different types of relationships that exist in the world, and different definitions of closeness. And we were talking about the most uh, emotional, the most um, uh, emotional attachment or reunion that that we, in the entire Tanakh is probably Yosef had Sadiq with his father. And that Sadiq here is talking about this, and we were learning that altogether we were talking about perhaps a half hour, because Yaakov was saying Kriyashma, and that time that, that they were holding each other, Yosef had Sadiq was crying, and Yaakov was saying Shema, was a half hour, maybe maybe an hour. And, and um, if we could understand in any way, if you could understand the, this as, a, as something of a, of a marshal of the hiskashus between a father and a child, that the greatest that we see the entire Tanakh, we can't even, we can't even imagine the hiskashus that each and every one of us is capable of with Hashem is brought, we have to learn how to do that, to feel that. Not just for a half hour, not just for an hour, but throughout our entire lives. So let's continue on page Lamed Aleph. Nitzayir la'atzmeinu B'shosh ha'yosef Nifgosh im aviv Let's try to imagine That That Reunion between Yosef and his father Ilo ha'pelofon Shalo ha'yumitzaltza be'emtza Yeah So that's that's the, the, the little music we're hearing now From everybody's machines That if You can imagine if 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 in those days they had, if they had cell phones in those days, and and here it is after 22 years of being apart, Yaakov and Yosef at Sadik are sharing that amazing moment, and all of a sudden Yosef at Sadik's cell phone goes off, right? At that moment, Yosef at Sadik says, yeah, he forgot to turn it off. Like my wife and I, and I are always in spoil at weddings, no matter how many times they ask people, you know, they go off and people lose and the whole thing. And it's a terrible, by the way, that's just, it's a terrible avla to the chasna kal. It's a terrible, terrible avla to everybody. But can you imagine that the most important meeting in history between Yosef at Sadiq and Yaakov, which is Teferis and Yesod and the whole universe is being sewn back together at that moment. And Yosef at Sadiq says, Daddy, excuse me for a second, I just, you know. And and, and picks up the telephone. So if it would be Mitzal Tzabemzu, who are you married so? Would he have picked up the telephone? Would, would Yosef at Sadiq have picked up the telephone at that moment? Or should I say regular how you mind Yenos or Klum? Or at that moment he wouldn't have even he wouldn't even hear it going off. He wouldn't be hearing it at all. There's such a strong there's such a strong explosive emotion at that moment that he wouldn't have heard the phone bechla. Yosef nimsa b'Mitzrayim b'Neichar. Yosef was in Mitzrayim in a strange land. Shonim Rabbis Bebedidus, so many years in such loneliness. Umegiyah Haregah Shu Yaitzim Nabedidus. 
And finally, the moment has arrived where he's finally, finally able to escape that loneliness, to go out of that loneliness of all those years of, of, of a of a child that was separated from his family and had to fend for himself in that in that place in Mitzrayim. And finally that moment has arrived. And he meets his father. Is it possible that at the time of this meeting, would it be possible for him to become involved in other things, to even pay any attention at all to other things? Even though it's so hard for us at this point yet to understand, this, he says, is the way that a, that a real Yid lives with Hashem. In the relationship between the Jew and Hashem. This world is not a distraction to the tzaddik. Even though the tzaddik lives in the world and he takes care of what he has to, and and he relates to his family, relates to his mishpacha. I remember I, I might have mentioned this once before that I was I was waiting for a few hours many years ago to to meet uh, one of the greatest greatest tzaddikim in the world. And when I was in the area, like the waiting room, so. In the in the there was a closet there where the telephone was, and the guy was sitting there taking calls, and there was a and there was a Scrabble game, and I and I and I asked the guy what's this doing here? So he says that the, the Rebbe plays with his children occasionally, they, and they play Scrabble. The tzaddik is not apart from the world, but even while he's playing and whatever he's doing, it's not a distraction from the dveikas that he has to Hashem. It's not a distraction. Sof kol sof Sof kol sof, a human being lives in the physical world. And of course, a person has to be involved to some degree in, in, in this world, in physical things. But it's possible for each and every one of us to achieve this, and this is the tachlis of our lives, for the soul, for the nefesh to, to be kshura, to be attached to, Takarish Baruch constantly. Heim bizman oska baruchnius, vaheim bizman oska bagashmius. Certainly when involved in ruchnius, but even in spiritual matters, and even when involved in physical things. Loilam hanefesh lo misnatekis min habayayalam. This is the tachas of our lives, never to be separated from Hashem. Gam bizman shumayim telephone. It's true that you have to pick up the telephone in this world. One does not become distracted from his attachment to Hashem, which is hard for us to understand. This is how the tzaddik eats, this is how the tzaddik lives every single second of his life. In that, in that Yosef and Yaakov embrace every second. This is how a Jew has to live. This is the tzura. This is the way that we should live. Not only that, now this is something which, which people would find disturbing. Because we have we were raised with certain a hierarchy of, of what we consider to be the ideals of life and the highest aspirations and goals of life. And if anybody comes along and says there's something even more important than one's family, then people become very, very upset about that. That we were raised with the, with the understanding that there's nothing more important than one's family. But everybody who knows a little bit of halacha realizes and knows that attachment to Hashem is and and 
the refusal to be separated from him is higher, is an even higher aspiration. It's the tachlis of our relationships in this world is also to serve Hashem as There is no independent, there is no independent need for a relationship between parents and children. It's only a if a paragraph, a very important and beautiful paragraph in the book of of the life of a Jew, which is Dveikas Basha. So he says, that's why he says, It comes a time when a person is separated from his family and he's by himself. The only Kesha that is with a person, the only attachment that is always in this world and the next world. Kesha Shain is not a Kesha, a bond where there can be no separation at all. Only the Kesha with Hashem. Even though it's true that after this life in Bez Hashem, in, at the time of Tchiyas HaMesim, without going into different things that we find in the Svarm HaKadoshim, in the Kabbalah Svarm, we're able, with God's help, to maintain our relationships with our parents and our children, brothers and sisters. Still, there are periods of separation. There are periods of separation that are painful. There are times when a person leaves the world and, and there are others who remain in this world. And even in that period of time before Tchiyas HaMesim, without going into any details of what happens after this life, there are separations. There are, there are uh, periods of hisnatkus, of, of being separated. Even, with, even with, uh, between a husband and wife, between parents and children and so on. But there's one Kesha that is in this world and the next world it's always, and that's what the Kaddish Baruch Hu. The Ganeidin ain't shum hechrech shadam yeshiv ma'abishalo. It's not absolutely certain, it doesn't have to be, that in Ganeidin, after this world, that a person sits with his father. Vim ha'ben shalo, or to sit with your child. Vim ha'dod shalo, or to be with an aunt and uncle and so on. Rakim HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's absolutely mukrach. That's always. That's a relationship that one needs to work on and one needs to cultivate in this world and the world to come. There's no question about it. That the strongest Kesher, which is, which is, the, which is a muscle of the Kesher that we have with Hashem, as we've been learning until now, that all the Midrashim talk about a father and a son, a king and a prince and so on. But that's a muscle of a love that's forever, and that love is between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and a Jew. Hakeshem Hamishpach Hu Kesher, Val Yavu Yom Vahu Yinatayk. The attachment to family is very, very great, but a time comes when that will be broken. Ulam Hakeshem Hakadosh Baruch Hu Nitzchi, but the attachment to Hashem is Baruch is is forever. Vaaf Pam Hu Lo Yinatayk. We always have to be in a relationship with Him. If somebody wants a friend, a, a friend, a Yedid Nefesh that's going to be forever, so Hashem is that kind of friend. And the Baruch is a friend who's with you every place. In this world, in the next world. And this friend will never ever. Uh, leave you not like the ones that you know, like in the yearbook, 
that you wrote, you know, friends forever. And then a year later you said, who? Right? You don't even remember. This is Bemis, Bemis. This is in this world, this is the next world, this is forever. Even though the Neshama has to go through all kinds of experiences that to a large extent remove many of the memories of this world as it passes into that world. But the, the, but that Yedid Nefesh, that friend, is is always. And calls man, and if a person and if a person in this life he's going to explain how it's not something that we could wait for that just begins in the next world if a person does not develop a Kesha with Hashem in, in this world again the closest Moshe we have is the closeness of family remember we spoke about we were learning about two types of closeness one is when you're physically close to someone and the other is when you're related to somebody when there's a closeness of family and both of those types of closeness of his karvis are with Hashem but in a much much deeper way he's physically he's, he's there is no place that's empty of him not only is he near us he's inside of us we're inside of him every single second and as far as Mishpach is concerned we learn that he's our father that he's that he's a chasen, that he's a friend, he's a child. We learned all different possible levels of closeness that we have with Hashem. They were all there. So, <clears throat> what we could understand is relationships that we develop in our lives and how hard we try to work on these relationships, parents and children, husbands and wives. If a person doesn't work on a relationship with Hashem, at least, at least, like that Moshe, at least, to try as hard as we work on our family relationships and our friends. Then he simply can't feel the closeness of Hashem being near him physically. That Hashem is near us. If you don't work on this and you don't think about it, and again we're going to be learning throughout the Sefer different ways of working on this, the feeling that Hashem is mamish with us every second. And he's next to us. To the extent that a person is more and more attached to Hashem and feels Hashem's presence in the Pneumius, in, in his inner heart. You have to work on that feeling of a relationship with Hashem, and then you will feel, and only then will you feel, every single second that He's next to you. And it will no longer be an unbelievable Nisayan, a test each time, whether we should say that word of Lashnar, or whether we should look at the wrong thing, or do the wrong thing. When we feel mamish every single second Hashem is next to us and, and with us. The closer one is, the closer one feels to Hashem, in that level, on that level of kirva, of family, of a friend, to that degree he will feel Hashem's presence and closeness. With the depths of his heart, he'll constantly feel Hashem's presence. Or God forbid, if he doesn't work on that relationship during his life, then he won't feel Hashem next to him. Even though, as we learned the last few weeks, intellectually everybody knows that Hashem is everywhere. All of us know that Hashem is everywhere, but that, that knowledge does not necessarily stop us from doing Averis. And that intellectual awareness does not necessarily cause us or, or in, uh, drive us to, to davening in a real way. It's just, it's just a cold intellectual uh, awareness that we have, but not a feeling of closeness. After we spent so much time learning 
that the tachlis of life is like David HaMelech said, Kirvis el Hashem, Kirvis Elohim, closeness to God. V'keit said, Nira, Be'erech, Tzuras Chaim Shaladam Shadovik Bakainai. And after we've seen a little bit of a taste of what does it mean? What's the tzura, what's the way of life of a person who's attached to Hashem every second? Which means the Yosef and Yaakov, every second of life, where there's no distraction. Where other things in life do not separate between, do not cause a separation between Hashem is Baruch and the person. Don't cause a separation, even though one has to tend to those needs. One has to take care of those needs, but they don't take a person away from Hashem. This isn't like a side thing in life. That there's this additional thing, you know, of closeness to God. That I'm a religious Jew, and that I observe the mitzvahs, and there's a really, really, really high level, like Mahadrim and a Mahadrim type of closeness, where I feel the kind of feelings that the Tzaddik here has been talking about throughout the Sefer. That's a terrible mistake. And we grew up with that mistake. That's not true. This is not a, an aspect of Yiddishkeit. Kirva, closeness to God, or Dvekis Bashem. It's not an aspect of Yiddishkeit. Every single step of life, everything in life, is the, is the story of, of one's Iskashus to Hashem, of one's connection to Hashem, or lack of connection. Now, we have to clarify. To clarify to ourselves, now of course the question is going to be, do we want to live this way? This sounds very intense, no? It sounds very, very intense. This is definitely going to cut into our little, you know, luncheons with our friends, you know, on Central Avenue, or so it seems, you know, and, and a lot of other stuff. So, do we want this kind of life? It's 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 hard to want this kind of a life, right? I was talking to somebody, not from our neighbor today, to a wonderful chosh of a young mother, and, and I had said to her husband last week, you know, that I had said to her husband, why do you have your son in that yeshiva? It's a totally different neighborhood. If you want your kid to grow up to be a tamachachim, why are you putting him in a yeshiva where they learn for like uh, 40 minutes a day, you know, made luck running around, you know, the whole thing. He's going to want to have a girlfriend when he's seven, not to be Bucky and Shas when he's in seventh grade. Not, not that he, he's not going to want to know Bav Mitzi and Bav Basri. He's going to want to know his, his little girlfriend better. So what do, you, what do you do? You sound like you're so sincere and genuine in your Yiddishkeit and you, and you really care about Yiddishkeit. So, so why, why do you want to do that? So he got all, you know, I, I had this whole talk with him. He, he called me the next day that, you know, can I talk to his wife? <laughs> so, 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 today, so today I had a long talk with his wife. It was a lovely, lovely chash of What was the main nakuda? So I suggested a certain yeshiva in the neighborhood to see where I have some friends that have their children. It's a, it's a very special place. And the, the husband, talk, they went to see the yeshiva. And as he said to me, it's very, very, very sweet and it was beautiful, you know. But I can't see myself living that way. So I said, oh, I didn't say you got to go there. I was talking about your child going there. Right? I didn't say you have to go. She says, no, no, I, I know, but I can't see myself like, you know, I'm not used to that. It was beautiful. And the way the kids were learning and, and how they were davening and the Rebbe scene, it was great. And it, it was, But I just, you know, I, I can't see myself. So we, we had a long talk about this. I said, I know it's a very hard thing, you know. We're talking about what you envision your child being like, and what you what is it that you want for your child, and then the the question of you aspiring to be able to, to meet the needs of a child. It's a very very hard parish. It's a very hard sugya because a person looks at this and says, "Gee, this is very intense. I'm not used to that. I want my kid to be in yeshiva, and I would I would do anything that my child should be in yeshiva, but I didn't like 
Now, I didn't know what I was getting into this whole thing. Like, it's really serious. And I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't know if, if I'm ready for that. And, 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 and we were talking about that a lot. About I, don't, I said I don't tell that to every parent, uh, such a thing. But I was talking to your husband. I saw how sincere he was. And he told me how you, how you feel so strongly about Yiddishkeit. And, and I think that, that your child being in that yeshiva will help you move along in the direction that, that you would like to move. And I know that it's hard for you to imagine that, to envision yourself, you know, with, with, with such a, like a little tzaddik, you know. Uh, but, but you have to ask yourself, what's the tachlis of having the children? Like, why did God give me my children? What's the tachlis? You know, that, they, that the kids should be in seventh grade, you know, listening to the latest uh, hip-hop album, you know. Is that the tachlis is of life? Is that why the Bernstein gave you a child? So we know the truth intellectually. And any, any one of us would say, no, of course I know that the tachlis is not, you know, that. So is the tachlis the Giants or the Jets or the Yankees? No, that's not the tachlis. It's just, you know, people have to be normal. So to have fun and be normal. The Bernstein is not against that. Yeah? But that Surah Sakhaim, that vision of a higher life, of the ideal life, which is a life of Devekis Bashem, is for most of us very, very, it's, 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 it's very intimidating. It frightens us. And one of, the, one of the strongest ways of getting on that track is through our children, because we, because we only want the best for our children. We only want the best. Oftentimes that stops, you know, we want the best clothing, the best house, you know, the best toys, the best health we want for the children. But then when it comes to the question, do you want the best Yiddishkeit for your children. And I'm not talking about Hasidish or Litvish or any of that in Irishkeit. I'm talking about closeness to Hashem. It means learning Torah. Whether it's Svadi, Ashkenazi, Hasidim, I'm not. I'm talking across the board. Do you want that? Or has the whatever? But do you want that intensity that your child should have an intense relationship with Hashem? Or are you saying, I'm not ready for that because I still like, you know, I still like to go to the movie Saturday night and my kid's going to go to Yeshiva they're going to tell them that that's bad and I have to give that up? That's very intense. I'm not prepared to give up, you know. So my only other choice is to sneak out of the house and tell, you know, to tell my son that we're going to Mlava Malki, you know, we're going to the Blue Jibarebi or something, and then and then he's going to spot us one day, you know, uh, waiting, you know, waiting in line at some at some idiotic movie. So so how are we going to juggle all of this? So many parents come to the conclusion: I know intellectually that it would be the best thing for my child to be a better Jew than you know, and a stronger Jew, but I can't see it. I can't see it because it, it's mechayiv us and it. It's a tour of life that's very, very intense. And I, I, I didn't get into that thing, and that's not how my parents raised me. And I, you know, I didn't go to that kind of yeshiva. And people say all kinds of things. I said to the girl, to this girl today, I said, uh, uh, if, you, if, you, if someone would say, you know, when I was a child, I was raised in a one-bedroom apartment and, and with a tiny kitchen and with no basement, then I, I really can't accept anything other than that <laughs> for the rest of my life. Because that's, you know, that's how I was raised, and I really feel comfortable with that. And I could never, I could never accept the idea of being in a five-bedroom house with a, with a deck and with a basement and with a beautiful kitchen. I just can't live with that because I, I, I was never ever used to such expansiveness. But and a person would laugh that that's so absurd. But when you say to somebody, well, the fact that you went to, the fact that you were, you know, running around with boyfriends in school, or the fact that you had that, that you were running to movies and all kinds of narishkeit, and you were distracted by a million of things that took you away, and you had to struggle and so on with the Yiddishkeit. So you don't want the more expansive Yiddishkeit for your child? But then there'll be these, these, uh, these crazy things like, you know, I, I came out okay, so my, my child will also be okay. Where in physical things, nobody ever says such a thing. Nobody would ever put the child, like, you know, drop a kid off in Niagara Falls and said, I survived, so why won't my child survive? <laughs> nobody would ever do such a thing. It's all these crazy things that people say. 
And we, the bottom line is not that they don't know intellectually. If you get anybody like a Nihila, you know, under a light, interrogation lamp, at Nihila, and you say, come on, do you really believe there's a tachas of life? That, you're, that you've given your child that opportunity to have the tachas of life, that when you're 120, you're going to be able to look at Hashem in the eyes and say, I did the best I could for my child? I don't mean with the best clothing and the, and the, and the, and the best bar mitzvah or the fanciest chasna or the biggest you know, bank account. Did you do the best you could to, to create an atmosphere in which your child could be attached to me like Yaakov Avinu and Yasef Atzadik, which is a taste of the attachment between Hashem Baruch and a Jew? Did you do the best you could? Obviously, your child has to make his choices as he grows up, as she grows up. But did you create such an environment? And can you look at Hashem in the eyes and say, and say I did the best I could. I, I, I did what you asked me to do. What could I do? Or do we think we're going to get away at 120 by saying these silly, you know, these silly, making up these silly excuses, the things that we know in our heart of hearts, that they're not true. That the tachas of life is And the truth is that we're frightened because it's intense. So we have to ask ourselves, that's what we're holding now. Ha'im be'emes, three lines from the bottom of page Lamed Beis. Ha'im be'emes, humo'unyin li'oz dovet b'kach baruchu kal yamav. I'm sorry, higher up. Yeah, ha'im hu, like six lines up. Ha'im hu rotz aluchas b'tzuruzu, do you really want to live this way? Ha'shem ha'noach lo laham shechlichos b'chaim shel dimyon. Or maybe, at least we're honest enough to admit, that we prefer going on, continuing in our lives of what? Of delusion. Dimyon means imagination, fantasy. It's a, it's a quiet life. It's a nice life. It's nice. I don't have this whole thing with the, you know, this relationship and, and, and so would we rather be more comfortable continuing in a life of dimyon, of dimyon, like of dimyonis, of this this fantasy, this delusion? Without having this. This issue of of devekis Hashem of being attached to God, you know, I'm happy. You know, I don't mind having like you know a, a blech and you know pesach to get plates and doing like like that kind of stuff and even you know dressing up a certain way. I'll do that. But this this is really really you know heavy duty Yiddish guy, this devekis Hashem. But we're learning. Our mistake is that we think that this is something which is like uh, a mahadrim and a mahadrim super duper deluxe only for special tzaddikim like the Chavetz Chaim and you know such <laughs> people like that. But that's this, this, this is the this is the tachlis of our lives. This is what's expected of each and every one of us. I'll call Adam. Now, ultimately, that's what's going to be, and it has to be. It's just a question of what we have to go through. I'll call Adam v'Adam levar la'atzma. Each person has to be honest with himself. Are you really interested in this? Do you really want to be close to Hashem? Again, so we could say, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that's like. Yeah, I'll try. So that's what the Sefer is about. People who are interested in at least seeing what it's about and, and, and beginning to work on it and to try. Uh, am, am I really interested in being David B'Kadosh Baruch Hu? And it's such a hard thing to, to be honest about. Because for most of us, that thought, being dovik b'kadosh baruch in such a way, we right away see that as many, well, that means I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that, it means I can't go to that place, I can't talk to this, I can't, I gotta drop this friend, I gotta drop that friend, I, got, I can't, I can't, I can't. And, and it's a very painful, frightening um, choice to make, and it's very, very hard to rise to that, to that, to that, uh, with a level of free choice, without having experienced the unbelievable, immeasurable delight of Yaakov and Yosef, who at that moment of their connection would never ever be distracted by anything, would think that anything else in the world was silly, like the telephone ringing. And yet there are people who are spending most of their lives on telephones, or a large part of their waking hours on telephones. 
ignoring even their own families and so on. And if you would ask them, do you think that this is the tachas of life, that you should be yapping away all day and night? No, my, my children, I'm not talking about a, such a religious but my children are my tachas. And you ask the kids, the kids don't see the tachas. The kids would say, you know, I don't see that that's the tachas of your life. You, you, you seem to be much more excited about you know, your phone and the amount of time you spend on the phone and so on. And, 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 and is that the tachas of a person's life? And you have to be honest and answer these questions. In Bira HaAdam La'atzmo, if a person has thought about this and has worked this through and he, and, and, and he feels that this is something that he, he understands and that he, and he wants, he's seeking the tachlis of life with Ashraf, for he's very fortunate but if you're like most people that you've thought about this and you can honestly you will have to honestly admit that you don't really want that yet no, you don't want that. And the question is, do you even want to daven that Hashem's book should help you to open your eyes? That what? That you should want to live a life that's true? That's what it boils down to. Do you want the truth or don't you want the truth? If you, if you, if you want what's true, then at least to, at least to daven that the Baruch should help me to live a life that's true. If that's what, if you really, really be'emis want it, and you and you're truthful about wanting to live a life that's true, then at least we would daven, we would try to seek all different, all different ways of 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 living, of trying to come to that, of being, uh, of being in that way. Uh, if a person. A person could say, I, I, I can't do this. I can't, you know. It's hard for me. It's not my nature. I'm lazy. I'm this. I'm that. And I tried to, to be close to Hashem when I was younger. I, I can't. So is that the same way that a person would say, for instance, let's say, God forbid, somebody was starving to death. And he was lying there, unable to move his arms. And there's, and there's a piece of bread six inches away, but he can't move. He's so, he's so totally, totally lifeless in starvation that he can't move his hands. So if you would go to him and say, is everything okay? He says, somebody means everything. I'm starving to death. So he says, so there's a piece of bread six inches away. So he says, I, I, I can't. Is that the same way that we say, I can't be a better Jew? What would this person say? He would scream and yell, help me, save my life. He would scream, help me. Help somebody come here that they'll be able to give me this piece of bread and put it in my mouth. So when a person says, I can't do this, when it comes to Yiddishkeit, I can't be like this. What does that mean? It means, like it says in the Sermon, it means that you don't really want to badly enough, and that's a big problem. Because if you wanted to, even though you didn't know, how, even though we don't know how to yet, but we would at least dive in and scream out and say, "Bonisham, save me, help me." We wouldn't just lie there. When a person says, "You have something," like, how come you? How come you're not able? You know, you've heard like four thousand shirim on certain, you know, this Indian, on a certain Indian. Don't you think it's time that you try to, you know, uh, incorporate some of that into your life? You know, you can write already a book on the subject. Don't you think you should try to record? I can't. Nobody would say that when it comes to an issue of health. I can't. And even if they couldn't, they'd be screaming and crying and begging for help. The walls would be shaking of their house, screaming, yelling, help me, help me, somebody come help me. At least, at least, to, if you wanted to scream for help. That's what davening is about. Even though we don't know how, but at least a person screams for help. At least a person wants to be helped. That's, that shows that there's, that, there's, that there's a beemis, that he's not just looking for an excuse, because the easiest thing is to say, you know, I can't. 
It's I can't. I tried and I can't. But when it comes to when it comes to one's child, then then a person doesn't just say I tried but I can't. If God forbid a doctor says something bad and the doctor can't help, you you wouldn't you would go everywhere in the world to help your child. You wouldn't stop. And if God forbid every doctor said it's not possible, you would scream and yell and cry and beg. You would not. You wouldn't stop. And yet when it comes to the tachas of life, which is Dvekas Bashem, a person can say, like, you know, I already tried that already. It doesn't go. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I can't do it. It's hard for me. You know, my, my husband won't understand. My parents won't understand. I can't. Nobody would say that. If, you would, if a person, it would be clear to a person that this is the tachas of my life, and this is why I was put into earth. If we really believe in that, which we're going to talk a lot, the next chalik of the seifas and the Indian of, of emuna, and having be'emes emuna, not just talking about, about God and that we believe that there's a God, but be'emes, be'emes, to understand that this is the reason we're here and this is the tachas of our lives. So then a person, even if a person wouldn't know how, but a person wouldn't just stop and say, what can I do? You know, it's just not possible. A person would scream and would cry and would try to find all different ways somehow to, 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 to be attached to Hashem as Baruch. So he says, that, that, that's the first thing. He says, a person should daven, that Hashem should help, that you should realize how, how important this is, that this is, the, this is why we're here, and to want this very, very badly. That Hashem help me leave this, this life of hefker, of meaninglessness. Shanirim Kikhaim, which just appear like life. But the Torah already said that life is really, as it says in the next sentence, which is what we're learning in the in in in, in the Shirim about Rabbi Nachman, the, the in Lukutamran on Monday nights. That's the the Seikh we'll talk much more about those of you who are at the Monday night Shir. Where it says in the Torah, they're only, they're only a small group of people who are really alive in the world. And those who are attached to Hashem, the Torah said, Hashem said, only those who are attached to me are truly alive. Even though you and I have all kinds of different definitions of what it means to be alive. And how to enjoy life. But Hashem says there's only one definition of, how to, of what it means to be truly alive, which is, it means to be attached to me. It means that all of our definitions of what it means to be alive, with Shabbos, of course, you know, being Shema Shabbos included, and, and, and sending the kids to yeshiva and so on. But any, any definition that we have of being alive and what life consists of that's missing this Dveikas Bashem, not just being observant, but being attached in a passionate way to the Vajshalam, is not called life. And the one who gave life knows how to define life. And the giver of life has said anything else is not called being alive. Even though all of your biological, uh, all of your biological um, signs are everything is all the, those things are functioning well, thank God, and you and you and you are alive, and you are alive. But as far as what is the definition of life, only the giver of life can define what life is. And the giver of life has said that for a Jew, the definition of life is There's nothing else. Any other definition that we have of life. It is a delusion, a total delusion. That means, you know, picturing yourself without any problems, all, all the kids are healthy and well, with wonderful chassan and wonderful kalas, they married, fantastic, no problems of panos, not you, not the children. Like sitting around the barbecue, close your eyes, sitting on the barbecue on the hill, you know, looking at the harabais, good stuff, right? And everybody is well, and your parents live forever, and, 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 and it's Givaldi, the best thing we could think of, right? And, 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 and you have like, you see, you see the Harabayas there, and then you turn the other way, and you see like the, the best mall in the world, and the other way. Everything is Givaldic, right? 
and you said, and you could say, if, after all the years of hard work, you could finally give a crash and say, now I'm alive. And the Barishalim say, you never lived one second in your life. It's hard for us to imagine. And the marriage is good, and the children, are, and the children gave up all their tightness against the parents. They already went to therapy for 40 years, <laughs> and they got over their stuff, and they don't have their hang-ups, and they're not angry anymore. And everybody's made up, and everybody's hugged and kissed and cried with each other. I love you, mommy. I love you, dad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't understand how much you loved. Everything is good. Whatever you and I would would say, this is called being alive. The Baruch Shalom says, could be a Jew. That never ever was zayichet to get married, never was zayichet to have a child, never was zayichet to have a penny in his pocket, never was zayichet to have anything beyond maybe some crusty stale bread, right? But he's dovet by Hashem, and the Baruch says, "Oh, he's a lebedik," and he's not sitting on a mountain overlooking Harbais. He's seeing God forbid in some slum somewhere, place, you know, some back alley somewhere in the world, and he's dovet by Hashem. The Baruch says, "Atam edvekem b'shem lakechem chayim kulchem." He's a lebedik yid. He's a lebedik yid. And, and everybody else, with all of our sadness of being alive, that's not called life. That's not called being alive. It's a frightening thing. But that's the Amos. The giver of life is the only one who could say, what does it mean to be alive? And he says, Atam Advekim Hashem Alokeichem. Chaim Kulchem Hayyayim. Now, obviously, what we need to work on is how do we how do we develop this yearning, this desire to want closeness to God? How do we come to that wanting? Because at the end at the end of the last paragraph, we could say, no, I, I, you know, honestly, we don't feel that, that that's something which is missing, and we don't feel that that that. That that's what life is all about. We feel that there are, that, that that's a nice thing for certain great people, but it's not for us. So how do we develop this this rotsen, a will, to want this attachment to Hashem? Now we have to remember before we even begin that the fact that you and I are not aware of this and we don't know how to understand what life really is does not mean that deep inside of us we're not aware of it. Since the beginning of all beginnings is that every Jew carries within him and within her a chilek alakami mal mamish. And we know, uh, I mean, the Baruch Shalom himself kivyachal. Therefore, our emunah is not something outside of us. Emunah is, is something which is within us. It's not far from us. It's not something that we have to create. It's something we have to uncover. So even though it seems very frightening and very intimidating, I told this young lady today that don't worry, you'll, Mr. Shem, you'll send your son to that yeshiva, and I promise you that, that next year at this time, you're not even going to believe how you ever, ever thought that there was anything different that could be good for your child. And I see this all the time, because there are many parents that I've spoken to over the years who have tried to send their children ahead and to give them to that, put them in that place above where they feel that they're, that they're holding. And every single time, without fail, the parents... Are excited and thrilled, and they say, they, and they always say, "I can't believe I thought there was any anything other than this," and and they themselves can take many steps forward all the time. That's how it is. I never I never spoke once. I've never seen once anything but that. Why is that? You'd think that with all of these times, you'd think out of all these times to be one who would come and say to me, "Shkayach, thanks a lot." You know, you really messed up my life. I can't believe it. You know, my kid got so religious and and is learning so much, and you know, has such derech eretz and find me this and. You know, it's really, it's really a problem. I never saw this once. I never heard this once. I never had anybody with a taina about that. How could that be? Because 
Because 99.9% of the parents are saying, I'm not ready, I can't, it's not what I thought of, that's not how I grew up, that's not where I went to school, my parents aren't like that, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. So then how is it, you take out of all of those customers, you get one unsatisfied customer, right? That would say, I was right, Rabbi, you were wrong. It has nothing to do with me, with Weinberg. It has to do with, with, with Amos, right? With Amos. That the Baruch Shalom, when a, when a Jew is closer to Hashem, inside of himself, he feels, it, he feels intuitively this is the right thing. Because inside of himself, there's no Shilas. Inside of himself, he has a Muna, complete a Muna in Hashem's book. And that's even a person who's a Machal Shalas, who's not keeping mitzvahs inside of himself. If he has to die to be a Jew, at that second, he feels it in the clearest way. So we know that inside. We're not starting off, God forbid, from zero. So it's a question of how do we uncover that rutsum that we have naturally to be close, to be to be in Hashem. How do we uncover that? How do we discover that part of us? So he says, Kol Every one of us knows. Every one of us knows that the day is going to come when we're going to have to leave this world. I, I, I've quoted many times... Uh, a, 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 there's a Jewish comedian who, who uh, is unfortunately uh, embarrassed about his Yiddishkeit, but when we were younger, we enjoyed his Narishkeit. And, he, and I mentioned many times in Shul a line that he, that he said once, that uh, I know that I'm going to die, I just don't want to be there when it happens. I'm, I'm, not afraid of, no, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not afraid of dying, I just don't want to be there when it happens. Right? So everybody knows, everybody knows that... that that this world is not is not forever. We could we could make believe and imagine, but of course everyone knows who Yazavis Ilamaza Sof Kalha Adam Lamisa. Sof Kalha Adam Lamisa. Every single one of us is gonna end up in the same place. Every person, every one of us wants to delay this as much as possible, to delay death for as long as possible, and every one of us wants to avoid Gehenim, the bad place, and get to the good place. Everybody wants that. Avoid death as long as you can, A, B, and then when it happens, to go to a good, to a good place. There's, not, there's nobody here that doesn't agree with that. So what is it that everybody wants Gehenim? Like what, what is it about Gehenim that everybody wants? The Ramchal writes at the beginning of That's it. The Ramchal writes at the beginning of his Sefer, Man, we were created only to delight in closeness to Hashem and to, and to, and to have that, that unbelievable, un, unknowable, in this life, Hanar, pleasure of basking in the radiance of Hashem's presence. That's why we're created. And that is the Tanag of Ganadin. That is the pleasure of Ganadin. It's not any of the things that they call in this world Ganadin, like, you know, Ganadin caterers and Ganadin car service and Ganadin, you know, chocolate tears, whatever. All of those things that they call Gan Eden, that's not really Gan Eden. That's, that's, a, 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 that's a terrible, terrible... I mean, it's, you know, they, they're trying to... I, I never really cared for the use of that term, Gan Eden, for, you know, like for spas or whatever, or hotels and car services. Every car service in Borough Park has, like some, has some like very spiritual name. Well, we were at a class the other day in Williamsburg, and we were talking about Hatzlacha Grocery, Hatzlacha Car Service, Hatzlacha, Hatzlacha, Hatzlacha. 
and then you know all these things, you know, Ilam Ha'emis, Ilam Ha'emis, you know, podiatrist, and 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 you know all these all these unbelievable uh, names. These are all silly, you know, cute, uh, not so cute, but silly uh, ways of borrowing terms and trying to make people think that in this world that there's any meaning to that term of Gan Eden. There's nothing in this world. No human being has seen with his eyes. But this we know, because this was taught to us and handed down from Moshe Rabbeinu and from Sadiqim who were able to report to us from that place, from that dimension of reality. That the whole, the whole Aden, the whole delight in Gan Aden after this world is closeness to Hashem. Zehu. That's what it's all about. Zikatanak Gan Aden, Yetzay, Shim Adam Eino Dovid Bakarjbaruch Abamis, means like this. That if a person is not attached to Hashem be'emes in this world, gam began Eden ain harbe malasais. There's not much to do in Gan Eden either. So you see, we don't think like that. We think, well, in this world we have Gan Eden, Gan Eden hotel and Gan Eden caterers and Gan Eden vacations, and you know, even you look at these descriptions of of the the Pesach extravaganzas that have been in the papers since last Pesach, and you think that there's no there's no tachlis to even why do I have to even go to Gan Eden? I could I could manage, I could, I could have it here in this world, right? That's what they make it sound like. So we have this, we have this misconception that we'll have our little Ganadins in this world, what we call Ganadin, or what the, what the people that are marketing things call Ganadin, and what we consider to be Ganadin, which might be in a more, in a more idealistic type of a Ganadin would be that barbecue overlooking the Harabayas with your loved ones, right? So that's my Ganadin. And then what about when I die? Well, then something really new and different is going to happen. That's not what the Sfarim say. And, that's, and it's a very disappointing thing when people find this out. There's a Torah from the Salonim at Sadiqim that they bring down in all the Sfarim that a person, was a, a person who it, 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 that didn't experience Oynik Shabbos, Be'emes, in this world, Shabbos is a taste of the next world. A person whose Shabbos is lifeless and empty in this world, in the next world, even though he was a good guy, and they give him Gan Eden, they give him Elam Haba, because he did mitzvahs, he didn't do Averis, and they'll put him on Elam Haba, the Solomon said, he's going st- to sit in Elam Haba like a shtick holz, that's the word, a piece of wood. Next to him will be a, will be a, a Jew that's oh, unbelievable, crazy, mamish crazy, and he's going to be sitting there and going to say, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? He's going to feel like he's not, like he's, he's not, not included. Like I've mentioned many times in shul, that the that the, the Yismach Maisha wanted desperately, he was always looking for the next world, and Yismach Maisha wanted to know what it's like in the next world. And finally, the Rambam showed him a vision of the next world, and he saw a vision of the next world of old of old Sadiqim sitting around a broken table with an old Gemara, like looking and learning Gemara. And he had a terrible Chalisha Zadas, you know. Says, that's what I'm doing for you know 70 years. That's all I do is sit around broken tables with with, with my friends, you know, learning out of old books. And that's what Olam Hab is, just a continuation. So Hashem told him, that, that was Yismach Moshe, Hashem told him, Moshe, it's not that the Gan Eden live in Sadiqim, but it's not that the Sadiqim live in Gan Eden, Gan Eden lives in the Sadiqim. That's something that's nurtured in this world, the Gan Eden within yourself. The next world is only a continuation of that, but with all the obstructions totally removed that were holding you back, and being able to fully delight in Hashem. But if you have no shaykhs to dvekas Hashem in this world, if you're not in that parasha, then God forbid you could sit for eternity. You're good people, you're not going to get it. No one's, they're not talking about Gehanim. But like a stick holds, God forbid, like a piece of wood, like waiting and looking at the watch. What's going on? What's going on? You know? When's the, when's the next activity? You know? Like, like being, you know, or when's the next meal? Like being in the lobby during, you know, Pesach. 
you know, what, what, when, when do they ring the bell? You know, what, what, what's, what's next on the program? A person could sit like that forever. So you could be in a little bit of God forbid, in a little bit of a Gehenna while you're in Gan Eden, It's a terrible thought. But that's what it says in the Svar. Gan Eden Amiti, what's Be'emes Gan Eden? In Yonah Dveikis Bakash Baruch what the Ramchal says in all the Svarim. Gan Eden means attachment to God. And if a person doesn't want, didn't want in this life attachment to God, he wasn't interested in this world. And in the next world, what's he going to do there? So now, this is the, at this point in the discussion, this is what the person says. No, 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 no. I have two different... Uh, the two different things that I think about in in my life in this world I want to enjoy this world that's what I want to have and when I'm finished with this world then I'm going to want to be close to Hashem right now I don't want that because that cuts into my act and that disrupts my my, my fun and, and takes you know gets into that whole intense thing that we're learning about I don't want that in this world. In this world, I just want to be like a regular person, and I'll just do enough so that I won't go to Ghanim. And then when I get to Ghanay, then, so over there, I'm gonna, I'll do whatever, the, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll join in. I'll join, I'll join in with the Chavetz Chaim, with my Shin, or, you know, my Shurbein, I'll, I'll, I'll join in with the program. When I get there, then I'll, then I'll, that's, that's, you know, my next level. And there, and that time, then I'll become part of that. This is a terrible mistake. Hevel. One has to know that there's Narishkeit. That thought is Hevel. Shekrakosu b'svar makadoshim, all of the svar makadoshim, the kisve arid, the zarekaldish, the beishes chalchma, all the svar tell us. Shehechin shemachshavta v'libe shel adam kvum ba'elamazer. It depends. What was your mind and heart attached to in this world? Kain mamish yeh ba'elam haba. So it will be in the next world. There's that horrible story. I'm not going to tell the whole, the whole Maisa, but the story about that. There was a Yid, there was a, a wagon driver that, that helped the Chidush Arim. Many of you heard this. I told the Shabbos a couple of years ago. There was a Yid that basically, he got the Chidush Arim to Kutsk, but the, it, it, he, wasn't, he wasn't a pers- person that really was uh, learning a davening or anything, but he did an amazing thing. He, he got the Chidush Arim to Kutsk, and, and, and as a result of that, his horse died, and then he died. And, and uh, out of the, because he was so overwrought from the effort that he had to put into getting, in time Shabbos, getting Shabbos to Kusk. So there was a whole diyun in the higher world that the Chedushim let us in on. And the Chedushim said, without going into any details, the Chedushim said that he worked very, very, very hard that this Yid should be able to get an Eilam Haba because of what he did, the Torah that he did for him, that he should get, he should get a place in Ganadin. But in Shemaim they said, okay, we're going to give him Ganadin because Safkal Sofi, this is what he did. An amazing thing, he gave up his life to help you, to help a tzaddik. So we're not going to send him to the bad place. We'll put him in the good place. But what's his Eilam Haba? Sheikh Dushim said his Eilam Haba was to have two healthy horses and a smooth paved road forever. And he thinks that he's an Eilam Haza. He doesn't even know that he's an Eilam Haba. He just thinks he's, he's an Eilam Haza and he has good horses and a good road. And that's his whole Eilam Haba. That's what he was Dovuk to. That's what he was attached to horses and roads. And that's his Eilam Haba. That's his Gan Eden. That's his whole Hasaga of Gan Eden. So he says that 
You know, that probably gets monotonous, even for the best wagon driver, after a while. So he says, this is Hevel. Because the Svarim say that what you think about and what, you, what you're attached to in this world, that you're kavur, ba'ilam hazeh, ke'in mamash, ye'ilam haba, that's exactly what's going to be in the next world. Nimsa, she'ba'ilam hazeh, ma'chshavti, v'libo l'advukim ha'kash baruch, you spent your life in this world without any attachment to God, el'advar ma'chem, but you were attached to other things, ke'in ye'adavar mamash, ba'ilam haba, that's what's going to be in the next world. Even though there you say, no, no, I'm ready for stage, you know, for, for the next shlav. Now I'm, I, I'm prepared to give up everything of this world, and I want to become part of what's up here. Lo yuchal, you won't be able to. Ki because the Olam Hab is the unfolding of Olam Hazeh. And, and if you were a shtick cult, if you were a piece of wood with your Yiddishkeit in this world, that's what's going to be in the next world. This means, the frightening truth is, you can't divide these two things. You can't say, no, in this world, I don't want attachment to God. That's too much for me. I'm not interested in that. In the next world, where I don't have all the you know, fun stuff, so then over there, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. You have to make a decision. Let's just finish this paragraph. The choice is, either, either you choose in this world, and then you'll have it in this world and the next world, God forbid you won't have it in this world and you're not going to have it and you're not going to have it in the next world of course in parentheses of course there's a way a person can go through different things after this life that he should be fixed and repaired and finally come to it's not God forbid forever every Jew will ultimately be fixed and cleansed and repaired but, we don't, but, the, but the pain and the misery that and the Shem has to go through is not anything that I ever talk about and I certainly won't talk about it now but ultimately every Jew has a Tikkun of course every Jew has a Tikkun even that Yid with his wagon you know there was an end to that you know there was an end to that a person has to understand that if in this world you are not attached to God, you don't make that effort, you don't only scream and cry and try and beg and do what you can. It has to be that there also you won't have that. It's going to be terrible. There's nothing to do. Because it's not going to be, you know, it's not like with the like, what the Muslims think they're getting every time they blow themselves up, the Mishagayim, the Ishmaelim. You know, there's no stuff like that going on over there. You know, there's no parties and the craziness. So a person thinks, well, you know, if I'm not Davik Bashem in this world, so I won't be Davik Bashem in the next world, but I had a pretty good life here, and I guess I'll continue with my aerobics class over there, or I'll continue with my shopping, you know, over there, or whatever it is that, you know, made you feel happy, or, or I'll continue with my family over there, I'll continue with, you know, with uh, working for my, for my good causes and stuff like that. No. That's, that's not it. There's, there's nothing to do. A lot of them was burning because rabbis, a person has to think a lot about this. That God forbid you're throwing away eternity. That you're ignoring life in this world, that means you're ignoring life in the next world. The next world, the coming world, is called a world that is completely good. What do we think it means? We think it means like the Muslims think parties. Whatever you couldn't do in this world, they give you in the next world. That's God forbid. That's that's not that's kfir. What does it mean? What is good over there? What's good over there is the same that's good over here, just infinitely clearer and more intense. But it's the same good that's here. There are no two definitions of good. Kirvis elukim li taif. 
David Melch said, in this world, that same taiv, what's good, what's defined as good, and what's defined as life in this world, is continued in the next world. That's also taiv. Anything besides closeness to God, the Ramchal says, anything that we think is good besides closeness to God, that's just a narish guy, that's a total mistake. It's a mistake. There, there is no other, there is no other good. Only Kirvis Hashem in this world and the next world. If a person is not close and is not attached to Hashem in this world, what's the What's What's so good about this? So we think that we're going to then move to the next place, and they will say, Ah, this is taka good. No, that's not how it is. If it wasn't good here, it's not good there. In order to be zayche for the good. Of Gan Eden, Eilam Haba, Lekirvis, Elakim, Li Taiv, Behech, Shaf, Eilam Hazeh. It must be that even in Eilam Hazeh, in this world, Yichya Haadim Im Hataiv Hazeh, that we live with this Taiv in this life, that we live wanting this Taiv, and 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 living and experiencing this Taiv in Kirvis, Elakim, Li Taiv, in Devekus, Bakadosh Baruch Hu, with attachment to Hashem Azbarach. Okay, we'll we'll stop here. And we'll continue. I think it's I think it's February eighth. I'm not sure. We just spoke about it today, But the time will be announced and, and the place again. I want to thank Toby and Avromi uh, for opening up their home and for being so hospitable. And we should be zorichim as Hashem to see only simchas and nachas and bracha. Shkayev.